when I first came to England, I saw male nurses. And I'm like, I'm like, how in the world are men becoming nurses? Because to me, that's like a nurturing, a nurturing industry, a nurturing environment. And men nurturing stuff, it's not, it's not, it's not, I've not seen it before. So it was a shock to walk into the NHS and I see male nurses. I'm like, what? Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, it is going to be a fabulous one because this, what we'll be discussing today is affecting most of us, whether we like it or not, in our own subliminal way, it is affecting us. So without any much further ado, I have an amazing guest who has reached the very peak of, um, of finance now. She has founded her own investment hub called Mojere Invest Hub. She's a financial expert over 20 years in the game, an impact investment expert as well. Right now, she, she specializes on, at the moment, she specializes on agriculture and tech. Um, with clients all over the UK, the Ireland, and Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mary Funke Ipadula in the house. Hello, Mary. Hello, Victor, and thank you for that lovely um, welcome. Um, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. Great, great, great. So how are you today? How's it going? Um, well, to me, just another end of the day. Um, a normal work week um so just been doing a lot of um more homework in getting grounded in business where we're going in the next um few years coming after this um pandemic so yeah just doing what i guess everyone else is doing now um yeah you know doing the running of the show okay great i see i see i see that you've you've transitioned into more digital now what why why is this um, well, I, I think it's listening to um, the world, listening to what the world wants, um, understanding what your market needs, and obviously, um, yeah, this is the new way forward. And to me, it's not even about the digital, particularly. It's about merging the old and the new, and, and see how you can work better to deliver more value. Uh, see the world now needs more value in us. Um, progressing and you know leading a successful world yeah so that's my digital um, understanding and that's my new digital journey yeah. <laughs> um, so coming from a very very kind of traditional corporate background to you know swaying into this digital stuff but actually i am enjoying it yeah i, I do really enjoy it yeah what's not to enjoy this is the new normal now we are we are connecting more exactly. better than ever so it is a new normal now you get mm. so from your you say you you specialize in agriculture and tech can you can we just talk more about your tech background yeah let's uh, well I, I will have to what were you going to say i said let's hear your tech your tech journey your you be, becoming be, being inquisitive into the tech into the tech space um well i have to take you back to uh, my early days um obviously as you mentioned earlier, I'm coming from a financial background, um, you know, delivering over 20 years of expertise in several, several industries. And again, it's about that, getting that um, 
awareness through your expertise in what's next. Um, so to me, five years ago, what, what was next was tech. And um, it's about knowing more about the environment, um, how I can benefit my business in the environment and as well bring value um, to the environment. And, and everything about tech actually is, you know, is what we have to begin to live around. You know, especially when it comes to finance, you have finance tech, you know, the new way of banking and everything now, any other sector um, is heavily and will continue to be heavily um, tech based. Like the, even if it's not part of your initial process, your end user process was through technology. So that's what drove my attention to uh, develop um, better understanding, delve into that sector better. Um, so but the position I took, um, was in um, looking at the financial strategies and um, opportunities that's open to um, the technology um, industry. So I started with startups and trying to dig in and support them um, up to raising funds, um, you know, to scale the business. And yeah, so it's, it's been, that's the way I um, bring my own expertise into technology. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we were discussing on, um, earlier on, and something that really fascinated me was that when you went in, when you went into startups, you went into this new, very very new kind of tech, v VR, which is not like which is not the everyday tech startup. And you, as with your financial with your financial uh, expertise, you took them from. No, let me let, let me allow you to talk the story. You took them from from 200 to over 2 million pounds evaluation and you have your own sweat equity there. And let me know, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, following up from what I just you know, told you about what led me into um, delving into the technology sector. And one thing about me is the, the love for challenge. Um, one of the quickest people you can actually meet. Um, I am used to thinking out of the box and um, I just love challenges but what really actually drove me into looking for solutions for startups was my experience I had with my own um, personal consultancy because I was consulting with other um, companies and um, generally self-employed people running businesses and um, the path to their failures um, is quite frustrating and um, and I also related with it as well. So to me, it's more about understanding um, what that sector requires of you and what your lifestyle is, you know, about in being able to deliver that and work along to, you know, separate your business interests with your own personal interests. And I think most of my clients is about not understanding what the sector demands and what they need to put into it. So to me, it was like being in that environment, I can actually be a participant. Uh, as well as a user, you know, and I just really want to have a deep understanding of. So that's why I went into the virtual reality because to me that was the extreme end of technology. And being in the environment, although I was not involved with the software and all the kind of like technical stuff, but I was every day involved in the, you know, the the, the strategies, you know, the, the problems and the solutions and. The, and seeing everything modeled around me and beginning to understand the industry more. So that's what got me into um, that sector. 
But then again, my delivery was to bring my experience in, in finance and how, because when you look at um, founders in the technology industry, a majority are very, uh, they are creative people. And um, so it's all about the creativity and there's one, that's that gap there where they need somebody to come in with that extra bit where they kind of um, maybe cannot deliver on. And that is maybe um, when you look at, the, look at the management and the financial side of things. So I kind of like fitted in. And for me, again, I was challenging myself as a woman, as a black woman, you know, of age as well. Uh, so that, that working part of me, like I just need to, I don't allow anything to hold me back. I just push myself forward. And um, you know what, it was an amazing experience. Um, so I got involved and um, yeah, the journey was not easy. Uh, it was not all my work. Uh, obviously you have team, you have everybody else around you. So it puts all the everything in, together. And yeah, it was really hard, but at the end of the day, it was a success. And yeah, you know, the funding came through and the company, continue to progress and you still go through that you know all the time as well so yeah and that is um that's my story on that on that side yeah that's cool a little hard work does not does not hurt anyone so you just you just sweat at the end of the day but if you like what you do you mm -hmm. just go into it at like a breeze yeah you spoke exactly. something about yeah you spoke something about because being like a black man and coming of age yeah but because what we really be talking about um the black woman what we're really be talking about today is about cultural biases and how, because you've been in the tech sector and um, the financial sector where you had lots of experience. So, and most of the deals that happens are not usually done during office hours. So, <laughs> as, <laughs> as someone with lots of experience, how have you seen, um, let's talk about cultural bias. What is cultural well, bias? Well, yeah. cultural bias, you can tell me to mean anything that makes meaning to you. Um, so I will not want to be general about it. From my own point of view, from my own perception, it's um, how you relate to the beliefs and practices around you and how you get involved in making that part of your life process. Um, and that's, you know, so which means what any environment you are in, you know, what is the culture um, around that environment? And how do they behave? What is the expectation um, that you're expected to respond to and how you respond to it, if it affects your life or not? Um, that's when it becomes a bias. Um, yeah, so that is how I will sum up as a, as a cultural bias. Yeah, you know, because I'm from Nigeria. I have, you mm. too, you're from Nigeria. And we came from, we come from different cloth. So there are different stuff that, okay, imagine when I first came to England, I saw male nurses. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> how in the world are men becoming nurses? Because to me, that's like a nurturing, a nurturing industry, a nurturing environment. And men nurturing stuff, it's not, it's not, it's not. I've not seen it before. So it was a shock to walk into the NHS and I see male nurses. I'm like, what? So those, that was the cultural bias on my part on NHS workers. I salute you guys. Yeah. So let's hear it from you. Um, you see, for me, 
I came from a very masculine background. You know, maybe I should take you slightly back to my, you know, younger years. Um, growing up in um, Nigeria, but I, I have a mixed upbringing. I was growing up in the UK at the same time, because it was a case, my dad was an entrepreneur, a philanthropist. And so he's got some of his businesses in, in Europe and obviously in Nigeria as well. And I've always moved around that way. So I've never actually stayed in a particular place. But obviously uh, I was brought up with the cultural um, background in, in Nigeria, but I was lucky enough. I mean, at that time, I didn't realize I was actually lucky enough. Uh, to come from a very masculine background and i didn't say masculine meaning i have all men around me uh, what i mean is uh, meant was um what i got involved in i've started business with my dad's company at the age of 14. you know we have an accounting practice we had about four casinos we had um, betting offices we have a fishing company we have you know we have restaurants you can name it and um that's what i knew I didn't know what a childhood was supposed to be like. So to me, that was the environment I grew up into. And going forward, even when I began to took charge of my own adulthood uh, in the UK, um, that was what I actually pushed. You know, I, my interest was just pushing me there, maybe because I was more comfortable in that environment. So I, it was very hard for me to see anything separate from that. So even if there's some kind of um, prejudice or gender um, you know, issues going on, I was not relating to it in that way. I was relating to see issues like individually, maybe, oh, you don't like me. You know, I wasn't relating as if maybe you are a man or a woman. Although, yes, I would say I've experienced some few things in my life, even during this process, um, from the opposite you know, gender. Um, what I expected maybe to me, it was these are the things that happen in life. You see, I, it was my thinking pattern, my thinking process that was leading me. And, and I escaped a lot of maybe thoughts that would have actually held me back, you know, because of that grounded thinking process. Because my dad's always said to me, you know what, whatever you want to be in life, you know, you can go, you can get there. As long as you know what you are doing, you're disciplined. And first thing is your education, not then in, in, in Nigeria, Africa generally, it's all about education. Is it that you're an accountant or you're a lawyer or a doctor, you know, you, you know, something like that. So you're an engineer, as you mentioned it. So something like that. So that was what I knew. So that gave me that masculinity environment and to grow. Actually, it was in the United Kingdom. I realized, as you said earlier, men are in some certain profession, you know, as you said, a nurse, uh, things like that. And yeah, so I, I, but I always look at that in your, the environment you are, it's a different completely beliefs and practices in Africa, and it's a different belief and practices over here. And I think when we don't know how to separate that, that's when we kind of misinterpret, um, you know, what situations going on in our lives. Yeah. So I've always been in a masculine environment, um, being in every sector I've engaged with is a masculine environment. So being in um, environmental, you know, I've been in textiles, I've been in technology, I work with investors. I've been in a masculine environment. And so that is, you know, I'm comfortable there. And that's how I, how I move. That's what pushes me. That's what interests me. As when you talk about technology as well, to me, it's not, oh, because there's men in this environment. It's, to me, it was, this is a challenge. This is something bigger than me. Oh, what can I do? That's the way I challenge myself. I'm moving to processes. Hmm. That's really great because it's, it's actually it depends on individual bias, but 
You know, culturally, yeah. culturally, when when they see uh, when they see a certain gender in another profession that is dominated by the opposite gender culturally or from people like people like um, like us from the African that has African heritage there's some stuff that oh no can you do it? no it's just a no it's just okay. a no. true yeah. true and I would I wouldn't dismiss anyone's um you know feeling in how they relate to um, cultural biases and you know gender and differences and things like that but I can only speak from my own experience but saying that I do understand other people's story as well yeah. you have, you had any, well, have you had any personal any personal family uh, family like family intervention regards that it's on top cultural bias you know that oh it did, that was it then <laughs> um it's it's always been um because it's the environment you you grow up in that um you know and that's those stories follows you what you do with it as you get older um, that's what matters. Um, when I was growing up, I do remember then in, in, in Nigeria, we, our house is in a way where, you know, you know how you have this class system where, you know, there's some people up there and some people down there and you live on the same street, basically. So that was my story. And I'll sit on top of our house because we have like a hopper terrace. And I'll just look. And I was just like 12, 13 years old. I look at my environment and I see the injustice, you know, within families, within, you know, with everything. And that I ask a lot of questions, although I don't have answers. I ask a lot of questions to myself that like, this is not fair. I don't, I know this is not, you know, that's what I used to say to myself, you know. And so to me, it's like anything that I've seen that time growing up, that's what I want to eradicate. I don't want that around me. And I try as much as I can to live outside of that zone so yes um i do expect that there's some people in my family or or, or or environments you know that would not understand me you, you know because and i don't expect them to relate to, to that either but that's from the childhood i've seen an injustice you know which i am against and my head is not to allow that to detect how I behave, how I practice, what I do. So that's how I dealt with it in, in yeah. my own story. So that, that's how I dealt with it. Yeah. Yeah, because so many, so many people get hung on, on this cultural um, bias. Yeah. And they don't move forward. They don't progress, even as professional, professional um, in their field, experts in their field. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll say, you know what, I, it would be unfair to say that's a typical way to address it. I would rather want to believe that I was lucky because of my background being the type of mentality um, my, my parents had, which is quite um, um, very, very um, educationally based, you know, very aware and open-minded. And we, we were given the freedom, you know, to just explore. I mean, we, it was we had it was six of us and five girls and one boy. So to me, my dad had a lot of challenge. Can you imagine having that kind of setup in in in, in Nigeria? You know. So one the first thing you want to do is protect your get protect your girls. You know. But in his own 
mind, I think what he was trying to do is build the value where you have the pride to approach life and stand on your own. So that's the way I see it. So anything cultural was not, I was not formed in that um, system at home. I, we were allowed to speak our mind. You were allowed to eat what you want to eat. If you're not agree with something, it's okay. But I do see other people in the same environment that struggle to have that freedom of being a child, freedom of being whoever, because of the, 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 um, the practices you know, in that environment that detects how they should live their lives. You know, so I really do understand from that area. I, I, you know, so I'm not trying to say here, oh, we should all just move on and you know, what you don't like, don't do it. No, I know a lot, even till today, a lot of adults struggle with that. But I, what I'm trying to say here is, you know, as you get older, as a child, you really struggle with a lot of things. But as you get older, think, keeping your mind open, being more aware, you'll be able to now decide what is around you that you don't want to be part of. And that's what I did. And even till today, I will still have in my community people that don't get me. But to me, it's about me, you know, because I know the values I want. I know what I want to release to the world, you know, and if a cultural belief will hold me back, that's it, we're going to have issues. And when we talk about cultural um, beliefs and biases, I don't want us to look at, you know, maybe your um, home environment alone or your mm -hmm. set of your people. It, it could happen at work. It could be a work and organizational structure, you know, and um, how you can relate to it. Maybe it's not, it's not a fair system or they have a certain way of um, organization and practices within that culture that you don't relate to. And, you know, so if that's the case, you know, and it's only through awareness as well and finding who you are, knowing who you are as a person and what you want out of life, that you'll be able to now decide, do I want to be part of this or should I move forward? Well, how can I make this better? Because what I do now, rather than saying, oh, no, I don't want to be part of that, I try yeah. to educate people around me and let them understand, you know, I get why you're like this. Yeah? But I'm mm -hmm. not like that. And this is why I'm like this. So it's more about now education and, you know, rather than making judgments. Yeah, cool. Cool. That's great. Because for, if you, if you're facing or you're being too judgmental because it is this expectation that if you are if you are too ambitious as a woman in a male dominated environment or a male dominated sector like oh you shouldn't be doing this right now. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing this. You should be here at this time. You should be there at this time. You should be, you should be, you should be, you should be. But I find that most of the people that say you should be doing this, you should be doing this, are wishing that they can do what you're doing. Yeah, and um, I come to understand as well that a lot of people are seeing the process of finding themselves. So you have to be really careful and clever enough not to allow the judgment and to determine mm. where you're going. You know, you should be this or that. I still get that today. That the other day, you know, I was speaking to somebody trying to encourage them um, 
out of this now going post this pandemic what we should be doing and stuff like that and the first thing you know i heard was why are you so ambitious you know are you not tired of this now but you know and you know it, they, <laughs> do you understand what i mean but I, i'm not i'm not gonna get upset <laughs> you know i i yeah i do understand because that person has never been addressed their challenges in life you know they are they are on a different level we are at a different stage what that message is saying to me is this is not your click this is not you know everything in life you have to have a level yeah you understand because that's, you don't you've been yeah yeah, and it could be the other way where you are a bit far away as well from other people's expectations or you know of, of how they want to live their life so that's why i will leave that not judging that person and saying oh you're horrible to me but that is as far as you can understand as far as you can process and that's all it is so i try not to make it personal and i think that's why i've been successful in every um a network of connections I've had over the years because obviously you will have different type of people come to you or you know like um, confront you with things and you can easily put it to oh you know because I'm a woman or oh because I'm black and all that it's healthier for me to say this person you know, I, I want to relate to that person this person is not my game and that's it you're out that's the way I process life and you know it's kind of limiting because that's what you say people like us don't do things like this people from here don't do things like that so you kind of like limit yourself you just cap your own your own ability to like progress to the highest level that you can because of yeah. that cultural expectation that has been drilled into your head to say that oh people like me cannot do things like that who said that mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, I also want to give that freedom. Um, if you believe so much in your culture beliefs and, you know, whatever happens in that environment and you decide to allow that to be your language, that's okay. The, the, what I will not allow is when you want to control me and drag me into that. Do you understand? Mm. So that's mm. how I see things every single day and um it's helping me to really focus on the value i want to deliver because i see you know our representation in, in the world um to be beyond yourself we need to start thinking beyond our immediate family because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we are part of, a, of an environment you're part of a nation you're part of the the breathing of the you know you, you have the trees and the water and everything that keeps all together you're part of that process and it'd be very very unfair of you to not look for a way you can be a contributor rather than keeping the focus on yourself and say okay this is my culture this is what we believe and this is what i'm going to do about it when you have an open mind and see yourself from the point of a contributor you begin to view the world differently and then you can ask you know, address issues on a more, much more productive, sustainable way. And that's how I bring my children up as well, to, to begin to see life that way. Okay, that's cool. We've, 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 we've dived deep into that now. Let's, let's shift now into business now. Let's just touch on some business points. And um, what's your main focus right now? Um, well, 
a lot to do um, building the investment um, platform, um, just um, making sure that the awareness is out there. We need to look for how we work together more in developing our economy. Everybody needs to be a participant in growing the economy further, uh, especially now where you know, we've had um, this um, crisis. And mm -hmm. then fortunately, um, countries, governments of countries have kind of dig in and, and supported the people as, as much as they can. But what we need to understand as people as well, and this one of the um, education and awareness and to bring out is the, the position of the economy that we, the government cannot continue, you know, to, to uh, come in and bail out all the time because you know what, the fund is not there. We, as an economy, especially in the UK, we cannot continue to rely on QE, you know, to bail us out. So as entrepreneurs, as, as people, as individuals, what can we begin to do in line with our business so that we make sure we are contributing to, you know, building the, a better economy, a much more sustainable economy. And if you don't build your own economy, you cannot do that. You, mm -hmm. you understand what I mean? You cannot do that. So how can you build your own economy, making sure your finances are okay in a way that you are secure enough, you are well diversified in your, what you do um, when it comes to your investment, when it comes to the position you place your business and things like that. And your own personal life as well, your lifestyle. And, and so when we are healthy in our own financial economy, then you have that um, too, that you know, something you can push in. Because I believe it's not only about um, shouting and you, we, need, we need money. And yeah. that, is, that is final. You know, no matter how we want to relate on our humanitarian grounds and we, nothing will happen without money. And that's one of my, um, my, my, um, my focus. That's one of my deliveries in, you know, within the next couple of months on, you know, allowing people to, to participate in, in that type of building, that type of financial economy in their business and in their lives and through um, finance and through um, business positioning. Yeah, so that's my my homework in the next couple of months. <laughs> yeah, that is great. That is great. And Mary, it's been it's been it's been an honor to like to have you here on my on my podcast to talk about something very personal. I know you all business, 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 but um sharing it's, it's in my as they say it's in your DNA it's in my DNA and yeah. I, I really don't know anything else. Because <laughs> yeah. Entrepreneurship business is kind of like um, just like you. I grew up in a family. My dad was an entrepreneur, businessman. My mom as well, a businesswoman. So I was born into this. So, so sometimes when I keep talking about this, it's like second nature to me. It's like natural exactly. stuff to me. I grew up. I grew up seeing people coming to our house, our family compound, going to the factory, going to the sawmill plant, seeing caretakers of buildings. They come and they go, and like, so that has been my own upbringing. So, and I really enjoyed mm. it. Yeah. So there's no, yeah. there's no, there's no two ways about it, and. Um, mm. It was, it is, it is fun being an entrepreneur anyways. 
It has its moments. I was going to say it's hard, but you know, it's fun in the in the you have to just enjoy what you do if you are focused on getting the best out of what you do. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. easier to deal with the failures. I mean, yep. I've failed things countless of time. I've I've failure um, you know, in different areas of my businesses and and I have success stories as well. But because I'm I enjoy what I do, you know. I see the value I want to bring, even though maybe you're not there yet, but you can just see, that's why I talk about expectation. What is your expectation you know, out of life? And that's the only way. And even if you are an employee, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. um, where you want to come you know, from. Uh, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. How do you contribute to that company? What's the value? And those are the things that will really ground you in dealing with matters arising, like cultural biases, and you begin to have a, you know, like, open mind because yes. you have an expectation for yourself where you're going so when you have situations coming in front of you you are more open-minded in addressing it because you're, at that moment it's, it's about where you're going so you identify what is negative what is positive that isn't you know along the way this journey where you're going and decide how you address it rather than generalizing because everybody's saying this thing and i have to think that way as well that's the way i relate to life yeah, you saw you, you said something very very interesting just now. Regards, even though even though you are still working, see, entrepreneurship to me is like it's still it's about creating value. Where is where, where, yeah, where, where, yeah, you create a value. So if you if you are employed and you really really like your job, just look at ways to like create value inside within your employment, and you become so valuable, become an asset, uh, become an asset. So. During this time that they are laying people off, you you know that definitely you're not going anywhere. And moreover, if they let you go, someone is there who's going to snatch you up immediately. Yeah, yeah. So, and um, as my as my father always used to say to me, um, never leave anywhere without the room to go back and say hello. Oh yeah. And that that is my motto. Any of organizations, companies, um, clients, my own personal clients I've dealt with, there's all, the room's always open to say hello. Great, great, great. Anyways, thank you very much, Mary, for being um, part of the show again. And I'm grateful for you to be here. And um, yeah, you spoke about, yeah, what's going on in the next 90 days? Oh, well, I've got in the next couple of days, um, I'll send you the link and you can share that with us. Um, also, people can um, look through my um, social media. I'm on LinkedIn as uh, Mary Ipadiola. I'm on Instagram and Facebook as uh, Mojiri Invest Hub. And I've got a webinar, just an intro of um, um, what we need to focus on, in, you know, in the new pandemic and how to encourage entrepreneurs and startups as well looking to delve into business and how to better prepare and position for financial opportunities in this environment so i'm having a webinar coming up in the next couple of days oh okay so you share you share you share that with us and we share it along with our listeners so um yeah so you see she's got something coming up in the next couple of days you can dive in and um, really enjoy yourself. Know how to position yourself for financial, for financial gains or financial collaboration, as she always says, financial collaboration. So yeah, 
Um, thank you very much, Mary. It has been a wonderful conversation with you. It's a pleasure as well. Thanks for having me. So thank you very much for being part of the show. We really appreciate you here. Listen, we all have ideas and visions of how we see our lives, our enterprise. But without strategic moves, it will remain a pipe dream. As an accountability coach and your success partner, I help and support my clients to build their dream business or their dream lifestyle and make it a reality. So talk to me today, no matter how crazy your, your business vision is or how crazy your ideas are, we can build structure to make it a reality. So send me an email or click the link below to talk about your ideas now. It is your dream. It came to you for a reason. So be responsible because the world is waiting for you to act. Thank you. Until next time, this is Victor Osio. Be great.